Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. So glad to have you with us today. It is Friday, the 17th. Wow, 17th of July. Hard to believe that we are in the 17th of July. And it's day, as Aaron's been saying, 4,323 of lockdown, which is not an accurate count, but it is an emotional count. It's what it feels like. It has been a long time. You know, we thought we were opening up, but no. Shut everything back down because people started dying. We started overloading our hospitals. And I say started dying. They never stopped dying. People die every day of different things. But COVID is hitting us and hitting us hard. This is a slow burn, people. It is not something that comes in and sweeps like a wave. It's not like the, the TV shows where, where you know, the, the post-apocalyptic thing happens and people are, are, you know, dying in droves. It's a few people and a few people and a few people and a few people. And the next thing you know... We're at a half million people, and the numbers keep climbing and climbing as we just seem to not be able to get on top of this. I know there's lots of talk about things. They're working on it, but so far, uh, it, nothing has seemed to happen. You know, we, we, um, uh, and a big concern is, is that, you know, even if we get a, uh, a vaccine for it, that will the vaccine give us, uh, how long will we have, have some immunity from it? Because, uh, the president of Brazil has now had it twice. We've now got several instances of people getting it and testing positive twice. So, you know, if you get it and then you get it again, um, you know, how, how good is a, is a, an injection going to be? How good is that? Is that going to help you? Because, it, you know, you might be okay for, uh, you know, a month or a week or a couple months. But then you can get it again. Um, you, you know, it, it changes just enough that, that, that the, the immunity doesn't last. And so that's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. And uh, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out because this is not sustainable um, worldwide. It's just this is, this is tough news. So um, anyway, yeah, we're locked back down again. If you own a restaurant, uh, you know, your people are setting up in the parking lots. Um, I know haircut places uh, were open. I went the last day before they shut them back down and got a, another haircut. Um, uh, as, as short as I could tolerate thinking, well, I didn't shave it. But um, but I got a fairly short haircut knowing that it might be a while before I can do a haircut again. Um, and so, you know, what do you do if you own those kind of businesses? Apparently, if you have a license to be a beautician, uh, it very specifically states that you cannot cut hair outside. And so... I think several places have set up in their parking lots and they're doing haircuts in the parking lot, but technically that's against their license. So hopefully the licensing agencies will look at that and go, well, these are special uh, circumstances and it's safer for them to be cutting hair outside than it is in an enclosed space anyway. Um, so I applaud the places that are doing that and trying to stay open and provide the services to their community uh, and keep some income coming in for themselves and their employees so that they don't... Uh, completely go out of business. It's not like they're setting up in a field somewhere and saying, come on down, we'll do haircuts here. You know, uh, they're usually, uh, you know, in the parking lot in front of their, their business that they can't physically have people come into. And so, um, you know, they're trying to do their best with uh, conflicting regulations here as to how to handle things. But the more pressing regulation isn't 
that your license says don't cut hair outside, the more pressing regulation is, you know, don't expose people to something that could potentially kill them. So I know uh, at the haircut place that I've been to, oh, here's Aaron. Let's get her in there. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Todd. So I was just talking about the fact that um, haircut places, uh, some of them are, are setting up in their parking lot out in front of their place of business, much like restaurants, but that the license for beauticians actually specifically says you're not allowed to cut hair in an outdoor environment. And so they're in violation of their license. And, uh, oops, lost air. Let's try it again. Hello, lost you? Hello, I totally lost you. That was so bizarre. Yeah, I was in the middle of talking and then it started ringing again. So, so I don't know if you heard what I was saying, but I was talking about the fact that um, uh, haircut places, that the, a beautician's license specifically says that you're not to cut hair in an outdoor environment. And that uh, that a lot of the places have set up shop under Easy Ups and stuff out in front of their store so that they can continue to provide services for their community and uh, an employment for their employees. And uh, But in doing so, they're now in violation of their license. And one I'm hope- sorry, but why is that in their license that you can't cut hair in an outdoor environment? That's stupid. It does seem odd, doesn't it? It seems very odd. I'm sure that there was some some um, reasoning behind that at one point in time. But, you know, it's not like they're setting up a tent out in the middle of a field somewhere, uh, you know. I mean, because you have to have sinks and all of those things. But, you know, people, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can have a food truck, you should be able to have outdoor hair cutting. One would think, one would think, you know, I think they're thinking back to the days of, of barbers, which even most barbers have said, well, we'll do haircuts, but we're not going to do like shaves and stuff. And that's not something that a lot of barbers do anymore. Anyway, you have to look around for a barber that'll actually do a shave if you want a barber shave. Um, But then, you know, the fear was that there would be like um, some nicks and cuts and that, that now you're dealing with hazardous waste. Which is, by the way, the reason that a lot of places barbers don't do haircuts anymore or uh, shaves anymore is because they don't want to have to then have a full hazardous waste waste disposal system in place because you're required to do that. You have to have a, a way of handling that, and uh, and that means you know special. Um, uh, it can't go in the regular trash. It's got to go into a special um, bin well, that has to be disposed of separately. So you have to have a separate trash pickup for your hazardous waste. Um, Well, way back in the way, way back, um, barbershops were surgery centers, but that was, you know, well over a hundred years ago. Yeah. You would think that the, um, the, uh, rules have been changed a little bit since, you know, 1867. (laughs) Gosh, one would hope, you know, the styles haven't changed much, but the, but the the rules around haircuts, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I was reading an article the other day. I watched a Western, and there was it, it, there was some... Uh, oh, you know what it was? It was I was, started watching Deadwood. And um, uh, there's characters based on people who actually lived in that series. And so I just you know went to Wikipedia and learned a little bit about some of these characters to say, well, who were these people? You know, what's some of their background? Who, you know... Uh, and it was interesting to see that they're integrating some of those, um, you know, personal takes into some of these people. And one of the characters is a guy who hung out with uh, 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 Bill Cody, Wild Bill Cody, Buffalo Bill. And oh. he uh, he was his friend. They were good friends, and they traveled together. And he was considered odd for his time because he insisted that he bathe every day. Every day. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
he he was he was considered a dandy because he bathed every day and 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 you know made sure his clothes were clean and most people didn't do that but you know on rare occasion and so he he stood out as being odd and now that's the norm although maybe not in, in the in the a time of covid shutdown i don't know that everybody's bathing every day <laughs> yeah they're they're living in their uh in their sweatpants and <laughs> sleeping in their sweatpants and 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 bedhead is the norm. <laughs> bedhead is the norm, exactly. Yeah, it's like exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know. Although I have to say, I you know some some Zoom etiquette is um, becoming apparent because you know mm-hmm. when this whole Zoom we were all using Zoom and people who had never really done video conferencing, maybe FaceTime with their family, but they'd never done you know professional video conferencing. Um, you know they didn't really know what the etiquette was. Well, to me, one thing that's really standing out is if you have your um, if you have your uh, camera on and then halfway through a talk or through a meeting you turn your camera off that is like somebody com- like leaving the room as far as I'm concerned you know if you're having connection problems and it's obvious that's one thing but I was at a meeting the other day and um, like we had a, we had a, a distinguished speaker in our meeting and somebody important in our meeting and like half the people, more than half the people turned their cameras off. And yeah. it was like, oh, what the, you, what? It just, it's, it came off like they were turning their backs to him or they were um, just completely, like they'd left and they didn't want anybody to know that they'd left the meeting. Yeah. You know, or they were completely working on something else. It was so rude. Yeah. I shut off my camera so that I can not pay attention to you. Yes. And you don't see that yes. I'm not paying attention to you. And even if I am paying attention to it, it looks like I'm not paying attention to you. Exactly. And it is tacky. It is very tacky. It is rude. I, you know, if you come in and use, because I've, I've had meetings where um, people, their camera isn't working or they don't have a camera or they're just really honest and say, you know, I am so sorry. I've been in meetings since very early and I, I'm not camera ready. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But And they're otherwise engaged because they've set that standard. I, I, mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, but the but the people who have their camera on and then they turn it off and especially if they're slow to respond it's like dude why dude that is so rude stop that anyway i'm just you know little things that i'm noticing in in zoom etiquette yeah yeah it's it's it is definitely a change excuse me change in the way we communicate um and and you know the the nuances of communication can be very subtle, and I'm not sure everybody who who's shutting off their their camera is thinking in terms of how that's being taken by other people. They're just thinking, you know, hey, I don't look great, or you know, if I want to uh, scratch or something, you know, I don't need to display that. Yeah. Um, well, I, know- I have turned off my camera so I could like blow my nose or something. Yeah. And then I turn the camera back on. I've so- done the same. You know, that's better than blowing blowing my nose. It just, yeah, I, I just think that's better. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that that you know when you start a Zoom meeting, whomever is the the host of the meeting should just state at the beginning. It's like you know, in, unless there's an issue with your camera, we expect it to be on so that we can you know make eye contact. That's the whole point of doing a video conference is to right. be able to see each other's faces and communicate with you know uh, both. Uh, verbal and and physical communication as opposed to uh, just a phone call. And so, you know, please keep your camera on so we can see your smile. And 
and people who are visibly multitasking, I don't mean checking a text that just came in. I mean, somebody who is clearly multitasking. Mm -hmm. That's rude as well. It is. And that's a difficult thing because a lot of people, when they sit in front of their computer, they're used to doing that. That's how they sit in front of their computer, you know? And, and so it's, um, they need to understand that when you're dealing with human beings, you need to stop, look them in the eye, meaning look into the camera and, and pretend like you're, you're completely engaged with them, uh, whether you are or not. So, yeah, it is, it is, um, it is profoundly rude. Mm -hmm. It's profoundly rude to, it just, it just says that you're not important to me. Right. Yeah. That's the message it sends, whether you intend it or not, is you're not important enough to me to, to actually gather my attention. So I'm going to just go do whatever I want to. And, you know, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's muy más terrible. So I just had somebody call me an a-hole because I wouldn't, because he had to slam on his brakes when he was fixing to run a red light because I was in the intersection. I'm sorry, you were in the intersection. Yeah, I was driving through. I had a green light. He had a red light, and he had to slam on his brakes because he was going to blow through the red light, and I was there. Oh, heaven forbid that he actually stopped for the red light, huh? And and he felt like, and that's got to be, you know, I'm sure your adrenaline's pumping because some guy then came screeching into an intersection when he had a red light and yelled at you. (laughs) Great. Wow, way to go, dude. (laughs) Yeah, COVID is getting to all of us, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Although I, some some people are that way, just you know, on an, on a, naturally on a, on a day they are naturally cranky, um, but uh, you know it doesn't help that we've all been cooped up for a lot. You know, man, I'm glad you're laughing I, about it because it'd be real easy to just go. You know what? I've I've had enough and go ballistic. Yeah, um, I yeah I just dude. <laughs> Perhaps you should stop. I don't know before the intersection, maybe. Yeah. When your light is red, you stop the car. Right. And it's not like I was on a small street, like a little side street. That was uh, Redlands Boulevard and Waterman Avenue. Well, you know, it's not much traffic there. (laughs) Yeah, well. Uh, You know, sorry. You hope hope that that the guy will settle down and realize that, hey, wait a minute, maybe I need to just take a deep breath here because otherwise I'm going to kill myself or somebody else. Exactly. You know, you hope exactly. that. You hope that. Yeah, and if he's late to work, it's not my problem. Right. Right. I'm you just know, saying. Leave five minutes earlier next time, you know? Um, <laughs> so. Sorry, I had to share that because it had just happened. So. Yeah, yeah. Live. Live and in person. <laughs> Crazy people report. on the street. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew people drive crazy? It is California. It is California. You know, it's funny. Um, when I uh, used to work in an office, and uh, at one point in time, I worked for quite a few years for newspapers, and I went and did some training at a location in Boston. And I remember there with trainees from all around the country at, at this training center. And uh, we decided to all get together and go out for lunch. And I had a larger car than everybody else because it was my habit if the company paid for a you know subcompact rental or something when I was there, I would pay the difference and get a full-size car because in a strange town, I want more around me than an aluminum can. Um, well, yeah, and you're six foot one and you want to be comfortable. That too, yeah. It's like I don't want to have to fold myself up into, you know, to get inside the car. And so, you know, I had a 
actually fairly large full-size car this time around and so everybody piled into my car and I drove to lunch and of course the you know as we're driving we're we're in the Boston area and it happened to be February so it's snowy and icy and and the conversation went to the crazy drivers that there are in the Boston area and the roundabouts and how nervous everybody was driving and I went eh. <laughs> you know? and they were shocked at how, how I was like yeah, it's no big deal it's not that much traffic out here you know of course it's you know somewhat bumper to bumper but i mean it's it's like you know the only difference between driving there and driving here was that there was some snow and ice on the ground so you just you know you start slowing down a little sooner and you'd be careful and you know sometimes things slide sideways and you know but you just deal with it you go and they just it wigged people out you know that they couldn't they, they finally decided that california drivers must be as crazy as as the boston drivers apparently were and i'm like you know what you just learn to adapt you know wherever you live um yes well and california drivers are that crazy yeah. It's so funny. I, I've been in Houston, and Houston's not a small city. It's the fourth largest in the U.S., mm-hmm. and driving around, and my dad would say, oh, this traffic is so terrible, and i just look at him like, no, it's really not. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can go to any town in the country, any uh, the, around any city, and you can find moments of really bad traffic. I mean, we've got family that live in North Carolina, and the uh, freeway that runs closest to their house is a thoroughfare uh, to the northern suburbs out of Charlotte, right? And so that freeway at work uh, commute times is backed up. It's bad. Same as anywhere else on the planet, you know? I mean, sitting on a freeway, inching forward, uh, waiting for people to get off the freeway. I mean, that's that's that happens, I think, in every large metro area sure. at certain times a day. But overall, most of the world is like, not that bad compared to you know there's a lot of people who live in southern california that's all i got to say yes. and, well and, there uh, are in in the southern half of, of california i think there are 24 million people yeah that's like two and a half times the number of people who live in the entire state of rhode island wow mm-hmm. of course rhode island's the size of la county isn't yeah. it yeah yeah la county and rhode island are geographically about the same size and have almost the same population just LA Isn't County. That wild? If you go larger than than LA County, like the 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 surrounding counties, the Greater Los Angeles area is substantially larger than Rhode Island. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think we're talking around eleven million people. Wow. Give or take. Yeah. Wow. No, it's funny. You see, I, I always I like thinking about things and like the what do those big numbers mean? And, and eleven million is not even that big these days when there's you know billionaires out there floating around and stuff. But if you think about it, you know, it's like those one in a million things happened, you know, what, how many times yesterday in Los Angeles? Because there's four million or five million people in the city of Los Angeles. So, you know, it's like it's once in a million and it happened five times yesterday. (laughs) You know, I mean, um, once in a million means it happened 331 times this year in, you know, here in the in the U.S. because there's 331 and change million people. Uh, depending on who's counting. Uh, this is a census year, so that number will go up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this year's census, don't you think? Yeah, I um, I wonder how the counting's going, simply because, you know, you, normally you would have people at some point going door-to-door, uh-huh. right? And for get, capturing the people who hadn't already sent their census yeah. information in. But I don't know in this time of COVID if that, that it's happening. You know, I we haven't did ours seen early. It. Yeah. I haven't seen it. 
Well, this is also the first time that you can do it online, where you can just go to a website and log yourself and say, this is us, and this is how many people live in my household, and you answer like 10 quick questions, and you're done, which is interesting. Yeah. I, you know? uh, it, 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 so I, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious uh, because this, this accuracy in, in the census makes a huge difference. I mean, that's does. what they base congressional districts on. It's what they base um, funding formulas on, and yeah. those are funding formulas for the next 10 years. How can they possibly gerrymander accurately if they don't have good numbers? Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's I'm surprised that we're not hearing more pushback and complaint about the fact that they're allowing people to do it online for the census when they don't want people to even do mail-in voting, much less online voting. And yet it's okay to uh, to to do the census online, you know? But I think those um, decisions were made years ago. I think doesn't mean you know, that the current administration wouldn't rail against it if they had an opportunity to. It, you know, it's I just probably don't think not it's, on his radar. Yeah, I think it's, it's just exactly. not on his, it, Nobody's talking about it on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, so if somebody mentions it on Fox, it'll become a thing. It, it, indeed. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. I've got to throw out those numbers. They're no good because they came from a computer. <laughs> we count by stacking rocks. So... So, and I say that to all the Luddites, not just the, the, the people in, in their, our current administration. Um, you know, it's like computers in and of themselves are not evil things, but they do present challenges. And we have to be careful about information that's kept on computers and how we protect that and how we use that information. Well, and what just happened on Twitter um, is evidence mm-hmm. of that. Have you heard about the Twitter hacking? I have, yeah. Um, this kind of stuff's going on all the time, but apparently it hit in a pretty big wave um, recently. Um, well, and they went after celebrities. Right, yeah, big names. Um, you know, the you, you can get, like, verified accounts so that they you get the little green check mark that says we've, we certify, we Twitter certify that this account that, you know, that says that it's Princess Beatrice is really Princess Beatrice. Um, and I just said that because she just got married, so... Uh, yes, that popped up on my my radar here on the screen, but you know, or Donald Trump is really Donald Trump. It's not somebody who who happened to grab the Twitter handle, you know, Trump twenty twenty or something like that. And so, you know, that way you know that th- that what you're reading is coming from that person, unless of course their account gets hacked, in which case then it could be coming from anybody. And that's what happened is in a fairly concerted effort, they um, they meaning uh, they think they've traced it to some Russian hackers. We you know blame the. Uh, the uh, unknown Russian hacker, right? I, I, I hate it when they do that. You know, they, I, I don't know, I guess there's no better way to word, to word it, right? If you think that the IP addresses came out of Russia and, and you don't know any more than that, then it was a Russian hacker, right? By definition, right. I guess. But it's just, I hate that vagueness of, you know, Russian hackers. Um, right. Cause it becomes this, this faceless boogeyman. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, it, it seems, um, um, seems like there's got to be a better way to, to phrase that. But anyhow, uh, a whole bunch of um, uh, big names, people with lots of followers uh, in the uh, sports and entertainment industries got their accounts hacked. And uh, and so then a lot of postings were published that weren't them. And uh, and that can be really unnerving, really unnerving. Um, one of my daughters has had a problem where her uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts have regularly been getting uh, she gets notifications saying was this you somebody trying to log in as her in you know istanbul or other places 
And so she says no, and she set up their two, you know, their two-factor authentication and everything. And then apparently yesterday somebody still got into the account and went in and changed the name of her account. And so then we had to figure out how to get in and, and change it back. And oh my um, gosh, you know, and it's and it's scary and and frustrating when when you use that a lot as a means of communication with your friends, and other people are getting into it somehow. You know, and it's not like she's using simple password. I mean, we use a password generator to, to create her password, so she's not using a password that that you know is like you know uh, the name of her dog or something. You know, it's 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 a um, you know it, it's it's a random thing, and when you log in, it 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 you know sends you a a text message to verify that it's really you. And still somebody was able to get in. And, of course, when they got in, the first thing they did was change the account's email and, and attached phone number so that, you know, any notifications were sent to the wrong place. So, Oh, my uh, gosh, how frustrating. Yeah. Now, they, to, to their credit, uh, they and other places like this also remember, you know, your passwords going back multiple times and your... Uh, emails and your phone numbers. So if somebody gets in and changes it and you get back in and say, no, this is me and somebody's hacked into it, um, they uh, will send you a pin to the older email and say, you know, can you verify that you got this pin? And in some instances, if they really are having trouble, they'll actually tell you, hey, take a picture of yourself, write this pin on a piece of paper and take a photo of yourself holding this pin and then send it back to us because that way we're not transmitting that number in, a, in you know, as an actual, as, as actual like uh typewritten text that could be hacked somewhere it's a photo of it and that way we can verify because we can go look at your account and see photos um, that you've had on the account and if there's photos of you there then we know it's you right and, and nobody else can do that right unless they That's like true. immediately went in and posted a whole bunch of pictures but then all those would be like really recent ones and right. who's going to post pictures of themselves when they hack into somebody's account <laughs> right right here i'm the bad guy here look at me yeah exactly <laughs> here's what i look like come find me um yeah. So anyhow, I mean, they've got ways of doing stuff, but it's just a pain. It's a pain. It's like when you lose a credit card or a debit card or, or, or it gets demagnetized. You can get it replaced. It's just a pain. It's a hassle. It's one more thing that today I got to go do this, you know, and it's and it's frustrating. And, um, you know, and, and I don't know what the solution is other than don't have a Facebook account because Facebook is evil. Except had that throw, it happened on Twitter, didn't yeah, it? No, it happened had, on Instagram. Instagram, which is a Facebook product. I just had to yes. throw that in there. And that said, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I actually do. I, I have an Instagram so that I can co communicate with my daughter. And I uh, I have it on one device. I When I'm done using it, I kill the app out of memory. I do not leave it, leave it running on my device. <laughs> I am very particular about how I use anything that comes from Facebook. Uh, and it's very limited use and very, um, uh, you know, manually shut it down and get it out of memory when I'm not running the app because I don't trust that company. But, um, so as much as I rail against them, I do relent in that. I know that there are, you know, it's, it's the way to communicate. So it is, it's, you know, it, uh, yes. I, and I, I need to use Instagram more because my kids, or at least my daughter is on Instagram mm -hmm. far, the kids far are. more than she's on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, so where all where all the cool cats are is on Instagram. We're on Insta. <laughs> yeah, because grandma's on Facebook. They don't We're want on, to be on Facebook. Exactly. On Facebook. So all, all all the cool cats went to Insta. That's what we call it, Insta. <laughs> and then there's Snapchat. Mm-hmm. 
Snapchat, the one who basically invented this uh, this whole uh, arena and then uh, refused to sell to Facebook, so Facebook bought Instagram and then changed it to make it exactly like Snapchat. <laughs> it's like, okay, you won't sell to us. We'll just uh, make our own and take our toys and we won't play with you at all. You know, speaking of Facebook, did you know that they have a, um, a, a API, an application uh, interface, application um, interface, uh, development interface that they um, that they make public for people to use when they want to set up their app to let say you know you've seen those little buttons log in with Facebook yeah and part of what they do when you log in with Facebook is that then lets Facebook track you using that login so I don't ever use that but well and I don't have a Facebook account anymore so uh, I don't but um, and by the way there's now login with Apple and Apple does not very specifically uh, trace you and in fact they encrypt all the data back and forth when they when they verify you to log in so um, better option but um, the API for Facebook has been up and down over the last two or three days and everybody who uses it their apps have been up and down over the last two or three days so if you've had trouble oh, logging in to anything that you've used login with Facebook that's why because they're because oh, uh, that's totally happened for me Right. Over the last, like, three days, they've had problems. It was down, three days ago, it was down for most of the day. And uh, and so every time you do the login with Facebook, it goes and hits servers that keep your login information and track your, you know, like, location and whatever else they can get from you from that login. And those servers have not been up. They've been having problems with them. They haven't specifically said what the problems are, but they've been, uh, they were down for a, uh, a good chunk of, um, uh, I want to say, from like Tuesday night to Wednesday, into Wednesday. And then uh, since then, it, they've been up and down several times. I think it was Tuesday. It was mostly Tuesday. And then since Wednesday and Thursday, they've been up and down uh, intermittently. And so if you're having trouble using your login with Facebook on anything, that's why. It's not you. It's not your device. It's Facebook and Facebook servers. And so just be patient or keep trying. So I, you and I talked yesterday speaking of, of technology not working the way it's supposed to, um, that on my MacBook Air, I mm -hmm. cannot use have a green screen behind me and um, uh, have virtual backgrounds on Zoom. Right. Now, it works fine on my phone, but not my MacBook Air. And I don't know if I need to upgrade something, although I'm running the latest version, so I have no idea what I would need to upgrade. I don't know. It's very frustrating. So if I want to have a virtual background, which I do because we do some Facebook Live events, I don't want to just be on my phone. Right. So um, here's part of the issue, and it has to do with the type of processor your device has. So um, do you have your MacBook Air with you right now? Uh, I do, well, I do not. It's, it's, it's in the house. Okay. When you get a chance, go to the Apple icon up in the top left-hand corner and about this Mac. And it, the, it, it tells you some information about the Mac, and it'll tell you the name of the device and the year it was ma uh, manufactured. And below that, it'll say processor, and it'll tell you what kind of processor it has. Okay. Well, clearly um, it has the wrong one. Yeah. If you have, uh, and, and it varies with the MacBook Air depending on the year, and, the, uh, and, and then sometimes there are optionally different processors you could get in it. For a few years, there was no option. You just got, this is the processor it comes with, this is what you get. Um, but you need a quad-core i5 processor or better. 
And uh, if you don't have that, then you cannot use the virtual backgrounds in Zoom because they don't have the processing power to do that and maintain a good connection with the uh, Zoom people. So they are the ones who made a decision saying that if they identify your processor as being uh, less powerful than that minimum, they won't even offer you the option of doing the backgrounds. They being Zoom. They being Zoom, yes. Well, that's that stinks. I'm sure that's the reason. Because, like I said, on my phone, it's fine. Yeah. You know, um, and I can, I can. So I like we're doing a, a Facebook Live event next week for my uh, for my work. Um, we're celebrating. We're having the first time our board president is stepping down. He's been since since we did a major reboot. The the agent the the nonprofit Making Hope Happen Foundation was founded in 1986 as they uh, was called CASA back then not court-appointed special advocates, another cost. I don't remember what the acronym stood for. But it really had been dormant for a number of years. In 2015, uh, uh, um, well, 2012, it was kind of reimagined. In 2015, the, the, um, uh, the planning had reached the point where they brought in a board and relaunched it, making Hope Happen Foundation, et cetera, et cetera. And so he, um, our Sam, Dr. Sam Gibbs, uh, has been the president since then. And so he is stepping down because he's cycled out. He'll still be on the board, but not our board president. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eddie Garcia, who is the CEO of ThinkWise Credit Union, is now going to be our, or now is our board president. So we're having an event next week to honor um, Sam. And so I wanted to do that on Facebook Live, but now it's obvious that I have to do it with my phone. So, which I guess is fine. It's annoying, but I guess it's fine. So, um, cause I do want that background. I don't want to project a blank wall. Mm-hmm. So anywho, yeah. I'm just whining. Yeah. I'm looking to see, I, apparently zoom's aware of the issue and they're trying to do some, um, some re, uh, some, some changing their software. You know, zoom is one of those companies when they first, uh, when they, when the COVID first hit, they went like gangbusters. Suddenly it was like everybody was doing zoom meetings and they, uh, were found to be insecure and and kind of slapped together code and they went like gangbusters and putting new versions of their software out almost every 24 hours fixing things changing the way and they've actually done a lot of good um, updates in their software but you know they were focused on stability and um and security and things like that in order to make sure that they, that you weren't easily hacked while you were having meetings and, and so they really really focused on that I think now they're they're now that they've got most of that down they're going back and looking at well how can we maybe um, refine some of this code and make it run in in you know a little bit tighter windows so that it can run on a little bit slower processors and things like that so um, so they, they 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 may resolve the issue for you. Um, I would say make sure that you are running the latest version of Zoom. Go to your settings and check and see if there's uh, any updates available. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, because uh, I've just been very disappointed. I, you know, I mm-hmm. my my MacBook Air. It's it's a 2017 model. I mean, so that's um, it's one of the older versions, which is why I got mm-hmm. it for such a great price. It's a new machine. Nobody used it before me, mm-hmm. but it was you know, the last yeah. of a line yeah. before they did their big upgrade. It was the last so, of the, before they went to the keyboards that nobody liked that they then this year, just this year, finally went away from those horrible keyboards. So there was a couple of years where everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, some people were okay with them, but they had very, um, uh, short throw keyboards with the butterfly switches underneath. That's the key phrase there. The butterfly switches that were, that were not well liked. And so you were the last keyboard before they went to the butterfly ones 
which was great. And then they went to the butterfly ones, which nobody liked and got had a lot of problems with uh, failure rates. And, and now they've gone back to the original keyboard or a version of the original keyboard. So, um, so in that sense, you're way ahead of the game because I would hate to have a laptop that, you know, if I've got a piece of dust underneath one of my keycaps, the key just stopped working. Yeah. I mean, cause yes, exactly. And, and I, and I bought this one, number one, like I said, I got a great price for it. But the, the other part is that I had had that same design, um, mm-hmm. that had worked great for five years. And yeah. so, or seven years, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. They're workhorse and computers. They, yeah, it was a, it was seven years. It was a great computer. So I bought the same one, and so I didn't. I didn't. I mean, who could have foreseen this issue? Because when I bought it, there was no COVID. So, um, uh, or COVID wasn't a thing yet. I mean, it was it was there in China, but that was it. Um, so anyway, yeah. I, I I'm I uh, maybe there's a way I can hook up a camera or something else uh, mm-hmm. to be able to then use project that. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know how any of that works. So, Todd, help me. Yeah. So. <laughs> A um, couple things. They say make sure that you're on the, the latest version of the operating system as well, and then uh, check to see if you're on the latest version of Zoom. So I would check both of those and make sure that you're upgra- upgraded because both ends of it, uh, both Apple and Zoom, have done some things to try to make it uh, work better on more machines. So ah. so apparently Apple's aware of the problem too, and even though they're not, it's not their software, they're doing whatever they can to help the Zoom people figure it out because it reflects on their computers. Sure. And so that's that's typically their mindset is, you know, if people are having a bad experience using something we sold them, we want to try to fix that. And so uh, so they're working with the Zoom folks. So, well, uh, that's good. I mean, yeah, I I um, I like Zoom. I like all the features they have in Zoom. I've used um, I use Google. We use Google Meets as well. And I have found it to be buggier and clunkier. I don't like it. Right. Um, and same experience uh, I had. Yeah, and I like obviously I like Skype for the broadcasting because you know we use Skype and radio all mm-hmm. the time, and podcasting all the time, um, and so you know I want to make this work. Um, yeah. I want you know I also yeah. like that I can we can do something on Zoom and it, go to Facebook Live or, or or live on YouTube and and so you know it's it mm-hmm. is it is just a great way to. Well, and then uh, you can share a screen so you can say here's what I'm seeing on my computer so that you can all see the same screen. Exactly. If you're talking about uh, a specific article or working through a PowerPoint or something like that, um, or whatever slide app you use, whatever's on your screen, you can share that with everybody in the group if you want to. So there's a lot of advantages to to, Zoom works well, and that's the reason that that they've been so popular is because they really do work well. Uh, And now that they've resolved some of their security issues, I think a lot of people are going like, okay, well, that seems to be the best option. Um, You know, and I know... Uh, Skype is has been uh, working hard to kind of like expand their system into being more of a group system, as has um, uh, Apple's Facebook. But Facebook limits you to just Apple users, and uh, and so they haven't gone uh, open enough for that. You know, so you you can't use it when you're like you said with your with your group of people. You can't know or force everybody in the group to have an Apple device, and so uh, Zoom is not a viable candidate because of that. Um, I'm not Zoom, rather um, FaceTime. And, yeah, uh, well, and FaceTime doesn't allow for for groups in the same way, and they doesn't doesn't have all the, the functionality yeah. now, does it? I um, mean, did well, they have they changed that? They've they've added group functionality, and they used to have group functionality, but you just had like it would like the the person speaking would jump to the forefront with a bigger picture. Now they have a grid view there, 
Um, so they're, they're, they're adding things, and so is Skype. Skype is adding features like that, too, but they're all behind Zoom. Zoom is clearly the front-runner here. They've solved most of these problems already, so, um, so that's why Zoom is being used by everybody. Uh, I do know, too, that um, Citrix, who has long done like remote control of computers and stuff, way back even in the modem days they did that, they have really good technology, and they're owned by Cisco, um, but they don't. It's not, um, you know, free to the public. You have to buy a subscription. They're, yeah, they're, and it's not cheap, if I remember correctly. Right. Their WebEx stuff is excellent. It is really good, but um, it's probably better than Zoom. Uh, again, has its own little quirks and personalities, like every application does. But it's, it's not readily available to everybody. You know, if your company has bought into it, then great. But if not, um, then you're kind of on your own, you know? Right. So Zoom is, is the best option right now, I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I will, I will, I mean, my phone is fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. I can do it there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would rather use my laptop. I just feel more comfortable on my laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know some people, uh, because the cameras are better on, on some of the phones than they are actually on laptops as well. Um, get a little like gooseneck stand and they have their camera basically mounted above their computer so that way they can sit and use their computer while the the meeting is then handled by the phone um uh which is another way of doing it yeah that's a good idea you know but you have to either rig up some books or something or get a stand for the camera because you have to be able to to hold your phone and tilt it in the right angle to see you you know right um and yeah, that I way, can go buy a tripod. I can yeah, do that. Yeah, and so that might be the the uh, a better solution too, because um, not everybody sits in front of like I sit in front of two twenty seven inch screens, so I've got lots and lots of screen real estate when I'm doing a Zoom meeting. But if you're doing a you know a thirteen inch laptop um, and you've got a Zoom meeting going on, if you need to then go look something up, you, you you're hiding windows and stuff, and you know um, you might actually find that you like the idea of having a separate device doing the meeting. You know, the only you... challenge there is, is, well, I mean, I suppose I could call in on both devices, but um, if I had to share a screen, I couldn't right. do that from my phone, Absolutely, you know, yeah. in the same way. But I, if I called in as a second person, like, mm-hmm. you know, called in on my laptop, and you can set up meetings that allow you to do this, call in on my laptop and call in on my phone. My right. phone's got, you know, um, uh, the video going most of the time, and then I can yeah. turn the video on on my laptop if I need to share my screen. Right. So that Fo- would fix that problem use the phone for your face and use the the laptop for screen sharing and actually that does give you that that solves some of the problem we're talking about about cameras going blank on you right or people blanking their camera because now you'll have your face there the entire time even while you're sharing your screen so people can see you and when you uh you know look at the numbers and your eyes get big and wide and you go like what the heck um they they know that you're really surprised yes (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yeah so um, um Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I, this is, this is great. Cause I'm, you know, every workplace is probably having these kinds of discussions on how to solve some of these issues. I can't imagine that we're the only ones and it's really helpful, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, to kind of be thinking this through out loud and sharing this with our, with our listeners, because I'm sure they're experiencing the same things. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't been on a zoom meeting recently because you know, that's what we do. That's uh, what we do. Yeah. You know, it's the way we, we gather now. And so um, such as it is, we've got to figure out the ways to do it. You know, it's funny because you, you talk about the virtual backgrounds, and I've done it a couple times, turned on virtual, virtual backgrounds, and went, yeah, I don't like that. So I leave the virtual background off, and I just, uh, you know, they get to see my shack out back and my 
my uh, you know desk and my R2D2 that sit behind me. Um, <laughs> but if but if you're so. doing something like a Facebook Live event and you need to have a background, like I want to put our logo behind behind right. me or you know something mm-hmm. you know the event um, uh, uh, designs right you know for behind me and and you know to seem a little more festive and a little more cohesive and a little more professional yeah it's uh, like with the the football players after a uh, a game when they're doing their their interviews they're always sitting in front of a wall that has the team logo and a sponsor on it right exactly you know, exactly and, that's and so precisely just, yes that you want that that sort of sense of professionalism to have the 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 event logo and and a sponsor on it because you can sell that sponsorship um yes so yeah i mean it makes sense it makes sense and there's a reason the feature's there it, it could get used um, it, I have noticed that sometimes if you move around a little bit much, it'll chop off ears and things like that and make you look like you have a flat head. And, you know, it doesn't always, <laughs> it doesn't always recognize you perfectly well. You have to be pretty well lit for it to do that. And like you said, you have a green screen that you put behind you. So that should make it real easy. Um, you know, it's easier than, than trying to determine what is and is not moving in the camera and, and blank out the parts that aren't moving. So, right. So I bought, I bought this giant collapsible um uh it's green on one side and blue on the other mm-hmm. and um uh and obviously it could be it, it was designed for uh, podcast well like um, videographers and and um uh photographers mm-hmm. uh and so you know i i it looked really nice when i did it on my phone you know used my phone it looked great right. i mean the background was wonderful i you know was up in the mountains somewhere in my bra- background <laughs> yeah yeah Go the places you wish you were, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I have a green muslin that I can drop behind me, too, that I bought for, like, um, studio work. Um, as well as, you know, just some, some typical, like, photography background, you know, modeled background stuff um, that I've used for a few things. I think I, I can't remember what it was for. I, it was, like, uh, for his, um, uh, for Alex, your son's Alex's uh, graduation. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was a graduation announcement or, or an email or something. That, anyway, he came over and we set up in my living room and I and I put the backgrounds behind him and he wore his suit and tie. and Which always for high school kids I think seems weird. You know, they're like, you know, as an adult, you know, as an adult man who's worked in the business world, you get used to the idea of a suit and tie. Uh, but I remember in high school, like when I had to wear one, it was like, huh? You know, and the one, <laughs> I, ha- and the one I had was, you know, not a really nice or expensive suit and tie either it's always just sort of like you know your parents aren't going to spend a ton of money on a suit and tie for some you know bonehead high school kid Uh, well because he's going to grow yeah we love you very much but yeah we love you very much but we're not going to buy you a 500 hundred dollar suit you know we're going to go get you an an expensive suit and uh you know speaking of suit and ties have you seen the picture there's uh it's it's a trend now for guys who have had to go into work to get a face mask that matches their tie oh that's cute i think it's awesome yeah, my daughter sent me a picture of that going, such a dad. <laughs> and I so, went, that's so cool. I just looked at the time, and we're a little bit over. We are, so we need to knock it off and get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us on Back to the Brink. We'll be back again on Monday following our On the Brink radio show on KCAA. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everyone.
Hey, if you're still with us and you've gotten through the end credits there and you're still listening, uh, just a heads up. We might be doing an after show after show. So listen through to the end uh, starting next week on certain days. We're not going to give any specifics yet. Um, but I, uh, I'm looking to continue the after show after show with a different co-host. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, have a great weekend and uh, look forward to talking at you soon.